Okay, section 1.1. My first question is, what is statistics? Um, if you're looking at sort of a textbook definition, statistics itself, I'm going to put this in a bubble here, statistics itself branches into two types, descriptive and inferential. Okay, so there's a lot of language, a lot of vocabulary in section 1.1 in your book, so I'm going to hit extend page here. Um, descriptive, a little bit about, so let's go through the language together. Um, descriptive statistics is basically the mechanical part. It's just you collecting and, and, and reporting numerical and non-numerical descriptors. So it's just the collecting and reporting. It's actually the not, not the interesting part. The interesting part of statistics is the inferential part when, you, when you're making a hypothesis about something. But it's the collecting and reporting of uh, numerical and non-numerical descriptors. Descriptors of your data set, whatever your data set may be. Maybe it's salaries, maybe it's weight, maybe it's height, maybe it's pressure, maybe it's volume, maybe it's density, whatever it may be. Um, maybe it's religious affiliation. Um, but So descriptive statistics means you're just reporting. You're not making any analysis. You're not making any conjectures. You're not running any hypothesis tests. None of that. Inferential statistics, though, is basically, I'm going to draw a little picture here. Here exists a population of interest. And any measured characteristic coming from a population is called a parameter. So let's say there's some population parameter of interest. Well, as statisticians, we cannot get to the entire population. So what do we do? We gather a good. We gather a sample. And what do we do? We get what's called a sample statistic, which is supposed to be an unbiased estimator of what the true population is going to do. So um, in inferential statistics, what you do is based on your sample, You, I hate to use the same word within the definition, but you make an inference about what the entire population is going to do based on that sample. So based on your sample, you make an inference. It's like you make a leap of faith. But you make an inference um, about what the entire population is going to do or what characteristic they're exhibiting based on your sample. Um, and you may say, well, that, how can you do that? You know, how can you make an inference about what the entire population is going to do based on, that, based on one little sample? But if you think about it, um, think about polling. Let's say I'm a pollster and I'm working for CNN and I come to Pennsylvania and I gather a random sample, how, you know, say, okay, how many of these people are going to vote for Obama in the next election? Well, they gather a random sample. It's not like they go to Lancaster County only highly conservative area, right? It has to be a random sample. So, um, so those pollsters are gathering a random sample, and then they're actually able to say, we are so confident, 95% confident, or perhaps 99% confident, that the true proportion of people that are going to vote for this candidate it was into, is within these bounds. And that's where you'll see, you know, you see that in the newspaper all the time, you know. 52% plus or minus 3 percentage points will favor this candidate. 
So that's the idea of inferential statistics. You hear those kind of things all the time. There's an entire chapter on how to do that, on how to perform inferential statistics, and that's down the road, chapter 10 and 11. Um, Okay, so the next thing we're going to take a look at is data and, and what type of variables are we looking at. So um, I know you guys all have different backgrounds, so just out of curiosity, if we talk about variables, uh, they both be, there's two types of variables and they both begin with Q. Does anybody remember? Qualitative. Good, very good. Okay, qualitative, <laughs> qualitative and quantitative. Do you remember which is which? What, what's the difference? Qualitative, yes. Quantitative has to do with numbers. Okay, so you're saying, and I'm going to put this in a different color, you're saying quantitative variables are, are numerical. And another, I like what your author says. What your author says is like, if you're unsure, ask yourself if you can perform an arithmetic operation such as addition or subtraction on those variables. So if you're looking at people's heights or weights or salaries, you could perform arithmetic operations on those things. But you're right, numerical data. So qualitative data must be yeah, descriptive or non-numerical. And let's do, the, uh, let's do the good old such as. So if, we're looking, so if we're looking at qualitative, let's do some examples here. Qualitative variables. What are some examples of qualitative variables? Okay, good, good. Hair color. What else? Age. Oh, yeah, age, yeah, age is a number. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess, but what else? Race. Yeah, exactly. Hair color, you know, race, um, political affiliation. A lot of those things that you often, and I know when my son got out of a hospital for something, they, they send home that, the pediatrics unit sends home that survey, and a lot of people just toss the surveys they toss the surveys in the trash, unfortunately. But someone's using that, that as, you know, for information systems. So, um, but uh, a lot of those things are, are asked on surveys. Um, and good, and let's, take a, let's just take a little look. And you can imagine there's an infinite supply of qualitative variables. Quantitative, we mentioned um, some of them earlier, could be height, as long as it's numerical. Weight, pressure, it's a result of a measure. Um, Volume, density, not always the result of a measure. It could be like the, the number of kids, the number of cars. It could be the result of a count as well, which we're going to take a look at. Um, okay, so now what I want to do is I want to take the realm of quanti quantitative uh, variables and actually quantitative variables split in, within that realm, it splits into um, two, splits into uh, discrete, so within the realm of quantitative variables, there are discrete and there are, does anybody know? It begins with a C. Continuous, continuous. There are discrete random variables and there are continuous random variables. And then of course the question is what's the difference between them? Um, I'll make it sound easy. A discrete random variable is the result of a count. Kind of what I was hinting at earlier. How many kids do you have? How many cars do you have? Um, how many pairs of shoes do you own? Something like, you know, it's a result, <laughs> it's a result of a count. I don't know that I want to know the answer to all that, but. Um, and continuous is the result of a measure. 
that's the one that's the result of a measure. So a lot of these here, height, weight, pressure, volume, density, all of these are actually continuous random variables. I call them CRVs, continuous random variables. Okay, so the next thing we're going to look at is levels of measure. So this is after you've gathered your data, you decide what level it is, meaning what? Um, is it nominal? Is it ordinal? Is it interval? Is it ratio? Okay. Nominal is your lowest level of data. No rank. There exists no rank. And that's where you were talking about the jersey numbers. Somebody, yeah, it's numeric. Typically, nominal data is non-numerical, like hair color, um, religious affiliation, political affiliation. That's, those are all nominal levels of data. They're categorical. But a jersey number is a number, but yet person wearing jersey 13 and jersey 27 doesn't mean that someone's better than someone else based on the number, right? So the number doesn't actually have rank. So uh, I'll actually put that. So examples of nominal data, jersey numbers are actually are a valid example. Um, and like we said, you know, hair color, eye color, a lot of those things that are categorical are, are nominal. Um, Ordinal, categorical means the same thing as uh, qualitative. A lot of things that are qualitative um, are also nominal. Um, ordinal means you have rank. You have rank, but there's no set difference between values. No set difference between values. Um, and we'll talk about what I, what I mean by that in a moment. The, the easiest way I can say is, for example, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. There's definitely rank, but someone could be a super senior, right? They could have, <laughs> they could have been in school for seven years. I had a guy that called himself a super senior once. <laughs> Life student, right? Um, and interval, interval data, you also have rank, okay? But the zero point is arbitrary. I'll talk about what I mean by that. And let me use the little eraser here for that. And the zero point is arbitrary, and there is a set difference between values. So now there is a set difference between values. So example, temperature. Right? How come the zero point is arbitrary? Because zero doesn't mean lack of a temperature. It doesn't mean that there's no temperature outside. It just means that there's a point on the scale, right? Is there such thing as below zero temperature? Sure. And above zero? So zero is just a point on the scale. That's what I mean by that. So if you're looking at temperature, you're looking at interval level of data. What the author is going to ask you is the author is going to throw you a random data set and ask you what it is. Is it nominal? Is it ordinal? Is it interval? And that's where it gets tricky and you start to talk yourself in circles. But hopefully you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll, you'll catch it. Um, and then the highest level of data is ratio level of data. That's your highest level. And the way I remember it is it, it's got a lot of the characteristics of interval. It ha it, it, ratio level um, has rank, so you have that ranking characteristic. But the zero point is a true zero. It means lack, lacketh of that quality, lacking that quality. So when you talk about the zero point, so it's a true zero. So for example, money. 
zero means no money, right? Uh, <laughs> so the, 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 even though there's things that are below that. Uh, but most importantly, like income would, income, personal income would be considered ratio. Why? Here's the most important thing on that checklist. Ratio of values makes sense. And what I mean by that is if she made 30000 and he made 15000 last year, the ratio of their values is 2 to 1, and it makes sense. Um, that's sort of the mental checklist. Since I didn't write ordinal down, I wanted to go back and put that in there. An example of ordinal rank would be um, like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, class rank. So there's no set difference between values. Or, um, or even another example might be military rank. And one time I had a, a military man in my class and he said, no, you know, you get different salaries based on, you know, but I wasn't, it's not about that. And, you know, I wasn't looking at the salaries, just rank in general. There's a, you know. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do, we're displaying, a, a, in essence, a budget here. It is the breakdown of expenditures um, of the Ohio Division of Wildlife for 2001. We're going to construct a pie chart. Gonna lean off of your experience. Um, constructing a pie chart in Excel, does anybody remember how to do it? We have some wizard now. You pretty much highlight the information and go to the wizard and it creates it for you. Do you okay, let me ask you a different way. There's probably five thousand ways you could do it, but do you remember using the insert tab? Okay. So let's try this. So for those of you that haven't done it, so you can go ahead and highlight your information, just like he said. Um, go to insert and let me move this out of the way. Um, and here you have your options for some of your basic charts that we were talking about. So we can go to pie chart. Um, and I always go with the first option. Okay, So we'll go with the first option. And then what's nice about that is see this option up here? You can actually display your percents on there. So we'll convert the percents. We'll even tell you. And then you can title right on there. So you can say, you know, budget. And that's what enables you to make you know, nice presentations, et cetera. And then you can copy-paste those things into Word. Putting on here. Okay, so we have another data set here. Now we're looking at the um, weights of the 2002 um, New England Patriots. And I could have titled this uh, ahead of time, but I didn't. Um, but we're, what we're trying to do is to construct, it, we're told to construct a frequency distribution and a histogram. Well, the good news is Megastat makes that really easy. Here's what you got to do. So you go to add-ins. You go to Megastat, you go down to Frequency Distributions, Quantitative, Input Range, click that, and highlight your weights of your football players. And then it asks you, would you, make, would you like custom intervals? Would you like to make your own? Um, or would you, you know, default, histogram. It even asks you if you want a polygon along with it. Hey, why not? So we'll do that along with it and hit, and hit OK. An error message will come up, just ignore it. That's just because the, the zip file that I put. And poof, it creates the histogram and the frequency distribution for us. Okay, so now we're about to make the same histogram but using the graphing calculator and show you how to interpret that since you'll have that for your exams. Um, I'll first mention we went, we hit stat and then edit. So stat, edit, enter. And then I entered all the data into L1. L1 is list one. Once you do that, to make your histogram, you're going to go second, stat plot is in yellow. Then you're going to hit enter. Enter's down here. Okay. Highlight the word on. 
How do you highlight the word on? By hitting enter. Okay. Then you highlight the one that looks like a histogram, which is that one, and hit enter. I'm just hitting enter on the keyboard. Okay, then the trick is you have to tell it where your data is. My data is not in L2, it's in L1. So how do I tell it that? Anything in yellow. See, L1 is in yellow. So I'm going to hit second L1 to tell it my data is in L1. Now it's all set. Now here's the trick for now until the rest, end of the summer, <laughs> end of the session. You're going to hit the trick for viewing all your graphs and stats is zoom stat. So now I'm going to hit zoom and page down till I see zoom stat hit enter, boom, and it produces a histogram. And then on top of that, I hit trace, hit the trace button, and the way you interpret that, the way you interpret that is, let's see if I can even use the smart pen on top of this. Yes, I can. Six, six people weighed between 206 and 231, right? Now if I move my cursor here, move it back, actually, yeah, and six people, okay, and six people weighed between 181 and 206. Keep using the cursor. If you use the cursor, see how the blinky thing moves? <laughs> so four people weighed between 231 and 257. Two people weighed between 257 and 282, etc. And that's what you'll use on your exam to help you create um, frequency distributions. And things.